Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Jose Young's here, MMA fighting for the A side at your usual time. Sitting next to me, cameraman extraordinaire Casey Lydon. Is this your A side debut? It's my A side debut. It is not my video debut. I've, I've been on some some awesome fight night post shows and a couple pre shows, but for the the A side, you know when they when they bring out the best. Well, <laughs> The best um, caught in sick, and now I'm here. So you're not an unfamiliar face, but for this one, obviously, we're going to read the questions live, and then we'll answer them. To, we'll answer your questions. You can hit the hashtag, the A side, or you can leave a comment in the comment section below. We're obviously going to answer the green questions first, but uh, Esther, off camera. Oh, hello. Um, your first question is... Retirements. The talk of the town this week has been about the recent retirements of some bigger names in MMA. Please be so kind to shed your light on this. And do you think any of these fighters could have continued in another weight class? Thanks, guys. From Rob Holland. Yeah, so Casey, as you've obviously seen, Alexander Gustafson retired after his loss to Anthony Smith. On that same card, Jimmy Manoa announced his retirement a few days later after his violent knockout loss to Alexander Ratchik. 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 Rackage. Rackage. Uh, and then King Mo, obviously not a UFC fighter. But and well, he also, and no, also on the card, Nick Hine. And Nick Hine, he also retired. So four uh, retirements, three in the same weight class. Your thoughts? Wait, three retirements on one UFC card? Is that a record? That's a good question. Got, I would imagine yeah, so. We'll call, we'll call it Mike Bond, see if he can get some <laughs> numbers on that. But um, so we have four, so four, four name retirements this weekend. Um, the one that didn't come as a surprise at all was, um, King Mo. Yeah. Um, I'm just, um, what was the question? If, if, if a different weight class would have been a possibility, is that what? Yeah. Basically like would have a different weight class and shed some light on our thoughts on the recent retirements. I was always hoping Mo would drop to 185. Um, he's not a big 205er. He maybe walks around at 215 Mm -hmm. at best when he's fat. Um, so, but Mo, Mo's thir- what, I think Mo's 38. Um, he's, he's had so he, many injuries. He's like, I, I don't, I don't know if he ever truly fought his full potential, you know, without any injuries. So I, I get Mo and it looks like Mo's in a good place at, um, um, where's it, ATT? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he's, they say he's going to be, a, I'm sorry, a big coach down there and that's super. So I'm really happy for him. I'm happy. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy he left, um, after seeing his last knockout and rising, um, yeah, it's just uh, I'm bummed. I'm, I'm bummed that he never got the fight. As, as, we never got this. We never got to see him at his peak for a long time. But I don't think. But other than him going to 185, I think it was too late in his career to really make a big difference. And he actually told like our new coworker Damon Martin that like he can't even jog without being in pain. So and he is 38. He's like I, I'm 38. I have kids. I can't even jog. I can't do this anymore. And it bums me out that like his only. Championship and like he won strike force championship, but then it was a 
was vacated, right? Because no, like, yeah, he, he won. Then he, he lost won. to um, Feijal. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And then people but he, look back but, on. but he, you know what, you know what card he won it on? It was the um, the big um, Strike Force Nashville card. That's right. When he beat, he beat um, Gegard. Gegard, yeah, not the most exciting fight, but he beat Gegard. He beat Gegard. You mm-hmm. know, and that's that's in a giant feat. And go in the archives. And one of my favorite moments I've ever been part of in the sport is um, I was um, shooting of Eric Hawani. Oh, the one who was crying backstage. Yeah, yeah and um, Strike Force gave that. us back. Strike Force gave us access to backstage. We interviewed Mo backstage when. His legs were all messed up from the fight. His um, he had caught like uh, going for a takedown. He caught like big elbows, so his eye was like just was blown he wearing up. sunglasses? And he was laying on the ground and he, he came, got yeah. super emotional. Yeah. I remember that. And uh, it was just like, and those were one of those moments in the sport where I was like, oh man, like this, like these are real people. You know, this isn't like at home we're like, oh violence, yeah, just bleed. But like for these guys, like you know, it was it meant so much more than just that paycheck they were getting, and um, I felt that. And um, that was just, I'm just happy I was there. I'm happy we got the documented and happy that everyone can still see it. He also headlines the only Bellator, pay, or Bellator's first pay-per-view against King Rampage. Right. Which you got robbed. Yep. He was robbed. Yep. And then they and then he won the rematch, but uh, we never got that trilogy. Uh, so you would say him crying in the background, you're most Up, up there, up yeah. there. Definitely. You were right there. In yeah. terms of my fighting, he did win the Ryzen, like that first Grand Prix they had, right? The heavyweight one? Zinkoku. That's right. You're right. Um, but he did win the Grand Prix at Ryzen, didn't he? I don't think he won. I don't know if he won yeah. a Grand Prix. Did he won a Grand Prix? Well, according to, yeah, he won the, the two, he fought two times in one day at Ryzen, oh, okay. heavyweight Grand Prix final. And oh, he, oh, yeah, the Ryzen one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he went and fought Phil Davis at like light heavyweight, and then he got knocked out by Ryan Bader in the heavyweight tournament. He said he was going to drop down to middleweight, and he didn't, and he stayed at light heavyweight, and he, got, yeah. he lost again. Now he's... Calling it a career, but uh, any other thoughts on not just King Mo, oh. but like Jimmy Mano and also Alexander Gustafson? Gustafson won that one. I, I think I was. I think I'm in the same opinion that I think uh, Anthony Smith said after about when Anthony Smith was asked about um, Gus retiring. He's like, dude, he's still good. I mean, it was a very competitive fight till I got him, and like, and like, he, and like I'm, Anthony Smith's like, I'm really good. So just because this guy's not maybe the best. He's still really good. So, unless Gustafson has just like, unless he's just really afraid of those long term injuries like CTE or he's just way more injured than he's really letting letting on, I'm kind of I'm bummed. He's retiring because I think he still has a lot more. But, but like I said, like this ain't a sport where you want to you know do a half ass. So, like if the guys if the guys want out, go out. And Jimmy Manua, I mean he was, I think he's thirty nine. I believe so. Yeah, thirty nine. Two horrible knock. Two horrible big knockouts back to back. Um, hey, bro. You know you had you had a good ride. You know time. I guess you know if you want to move on in life, do it. And I think Nick Hines got a lot of extra. He's got a lot of things going on in his life. So yeah. he's, in, he's like an actor in mm-hmm. Germany or and something. <laughs> Alexander Gustafsson. He is like a new, like not a brand new dad, but I think his. There, I believe. I can't remember if it's a. Uh, he had a boy or a girl, but they're his child is pretty young and maybe he is scared of it i remember him proposing to his girlfriend in the ring or in the octagon i should say after one of his i believe the glove to share Glover, yeah yeah um and he's like he said he told luke thomas on the mmr if he can't beat anthony smith maybe i don't have it anymore he said that weeks before they fought so when he announced his retirement i wasn't overly surprised just because he did tease it like weeks weeks in advance and uh 
sucks for the light heavyweight division. It was already shallow, and now they lost two fighters to that. Like, Gustafson and Manowar are always really good. Like, if you have those international UK shows, like, they could headline, or they could be in the co-main event, and now they're two, they lose two light heavyweights. So it's rough for that division as a whole, especially it's as shallow as it already was. I'm always, I'm always kind of... Um doing an adjustment. I'm always, um, I'm always kind of bummed. When, unless Gus is leaving for undisclosed injury reasons, mm-hmm. like the CTE, he doesn't want to talk about it publicly, which is fine, I get, or just chronic back problems. Like, to leave in any position you're in, like just being a camera guy or editor, if I'm the top, if I'm the 10th best person in the world at what I do, I do it till the wheels fall off. Like, if you're the 10th best shortstop, Right. You know, you do it forever. You know, you tend yeah. best whatever any sports. But for some reason, fighting, if you're not that top number two one. or three, number one, number yeah. two, number one or number two, it's a weird sport, like, where you just, like, nah. Like, the money isn't worth it, which is crazy. Like well, He's also lost. He's failed to win the championship three times and twice to the reigning champion. So... Maybe I don't. I obviously can't speak for him. But like, say John Jones. But, but you know, but like when the what was it the Buffalo Bills when they lost like four in a row. Four in a row. Yeah. Did Jim Kelly retire? But the thing you is, know? like, they could have. They could keep. They could keep making the championship. Like, they could keep making the Super Bowl. Like, it's hard to give um, as long as John Jones is the champion. Like, I don't think Alexander Gustin is getting another shot. And I don't see John Jones losing anytime. So maybe Alexander Gustin feels the same way. Like, he's already lost to the two best light heavyweights probably ever. Like. So is he just going to be stuck as the third best? Maybe he just doesn't want that. And Gustin might have the most un- one of the unique, most unique, you know, fight finder records you're ever going to find. This mm-hmm. in the sense that probably his two best performance, in my opinion, his two best performances in his entire UFC career were in losses. Yeah, and that's just a weird. Well, that's, that's what a, I, mean, I can't. I can't think of any other fighter you can say that for. Like, oh, if you want to, you want to watch how good this guy is. Watch these fights that he lost. Yeah, I mean, he dropped. Daniel Cormier Harden was, I believe, the Houston one. Mm-hmm. I left that fight thinking that was the best fight I've ever seen. But I also said the same thing when he fought John Jones. Uh, and then he goes and just starches Glover Teixeira and, like, he basically pitches a perfect game against Glover Teixeira and knocks him out with those other things. I poke. I poke. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Anyway, anything else you want to say about Jimmy Manoa, Alexander Gustafson? Um, well, I can, um, no, just um, happy happy trails, guys. I think we had, we had some good times and um, enjoy the rest of you know, our teammates, too. So All-Stars. Both light heavyweights at all stars. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm the next question is from LFMWA. Uh, the future of the flyweight division if Cejudo wins. Do you think they shutter the division if Cejudo wins the bantamweight title this weekend? I don't think so. Um, I mean, they have other flyweight fights happening. And Joseph Benavides was on the MMA Hour saying Dana basically said that him versus the rematch between him and Formiga is already the number one contender fight. And he didn't, when Luke, Luke asked him, like, what's beneficial for you? Henry winning or losing and he also he kind of was like huh that's a really good question uh Joseph Benavidez said that if Henry does lose like maybe that gives him a reason to come back down and defend his title but again if he wins does that is that good for the flyweight division that they have a championship that is champion that is charismatic can beat bantamweights and everything but will go on these maybe title defenses at bantamweight so uh Casey Will they shudder? Do you think they'll shudder the flyweight division if Henry wins the bantamweight title, the UFC bantamweight title? I don't think so. If he wins? Yeah. I don't think that's – if it if it does shudder, I don't think that's going to be like the final linchpin that's going to fall. I don't think they're going to kill it, but I think it's going to be a uh, 
a dead division like the like kind of like the one the women's, the women's 145. 145 division yeah. yeah it's still around but is it really around you know it's technically it's there yeah but there's no they don't provide rankings for it i mean at, at some point are we gonna even are there even gonna be media rankings for the flyweight since they're cutting so many fighters i think there are i think people said that there's only eight, i'm looking it up right now maybe eight ten fighters there left. are 12 fighters in the ufc rock uh flyweight rankings outside of the champion henry Cejudo. And they, you can see them all. They just keep moving up. Yeah. I'm, like Matt Schnell is the number 12 ranked flyweight, and he's lo- like the last flyweight in the division. That's what, what – so you understand my point. Like it's – is it? I don't think they're going to shut it because I don't – they don't want to shut it completely because that title fight, you can always put it as a co-main for a pay-per-view in case, mm-hmm. I mean, in case the main event falls out or if you need – if they have UFC – Beijing or something, and they need a, a, a fight that matters, right. and you know to make to make the whatever the the money people in China happy and ESPN Plus people happy. But so they, also, they want they're not going to shut it for they're going to keep it open for for matchmaking reasons for yeah. fight card reasons. But I don't think it's a real I don't think it's well, a they real also have anymore. Alexandria Pantoja and Figueroa are also fighting. That's another flyweight fight. So like Joseph Benavides was saying, like he noticed that a lot of people were. Um, being cut off of losses, and that was kind of how they're explaining it. But then, like Figure, Figueredo has is coming off a loss, and he still has. Not only does he still have a job, he has a fight coming up. So, uh, Joseph Benavides said that for a while the waters were murky, and then as soon as Henry knocked out TJ, like talks of the flyweight division going away kind of cooled down. So maybe Henry Cejudo like can keep the flyweight division afloat. I mean, he is a charismatic champion. Like people want to watch him do all this cringy stuff. You know what though, but. Cejudo is a prize fighter, and if he beats if he beats Marlon, the money I think there's going to be more money for him to his next fight to fight at bantamweight against mm-hmm. probably whoever. the winner of Sterling and Munoz or Sterling Munoz. I don't popular. know. Might throw Cody in there. Maybe, but I don't care. maybe Dominic. Dominic. Like like, like, yeah. like who like. Like I want to see Cejudo Benavides a lot, yeah, a rematch. Good. I really want to see that. I really, I was hoping this, I was hoping that was gonna be the next fight. Same. But from a butts and seats perspective, which is what the UFC really cares about, if Mar, if I'm um, sorry, Henry wins, Henry versus like Cruz or any of those guys, I think it's just a bigger fight. It is a bigger fight, and, and I was hoping they would do Henry Cejudo versus uh, Benavides two for the flyweight title, and then the winner would basically get. The, the bandwidth title shot between Marlon versus fill in blank. Yeah. Whoever. Probably Marlon versus Munoz. Or Sterling. So, Sterling is ranked one high. So actually, I so in a weird way, I think there's the flyweight is actually in, in a worse spot if Cejudo wins. Yeah, that's basically what Joseph Benavides said. Like, he might want to stick around at Bantamweight. Because the, 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 be, the money's going to be better, probably. I would imagine um, so. But man, if, they, they got another champ champ, and Henry can now have two titles and a gold medal. Yeah, <laughs> so... That's mine. So I think we're in agreement. Like I, I don't think him winning is the reason it's going to fall apart. But I think him winning is less beneficial for the flyweight division. But they won't shut the division down completely. But um, because it's going to be there just to fill in spots for important cards. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Next question. Um. All right. Well. Um. Then I'll just move this over there. Uh, Shevchenko and Suarez are both huge favorites this weekend, but. Which one might take an L? Shevchenko is a minus sixteen hundred favorite over Jessica I, and Suarez is a minus nine hundred over Nina Ansroff. 
Do these odds seem right to you? And if you had to pick one of these fighters to lose this weekend, who would you pick and why? I am the wrong person to ask when it comes to betting odds and gambling and all that stuff. So whether to say the odds make sense, I'll I'll leave that to you. But in terms of who I think, I think Jessica I has a better chance of winning than Nina. Really, I was gonna go, I was gonna go the other way around. Really? I think Nina's well, I think Nina's got this, a much better chance of winning. This is perfect. Why? <laughs> uh, just Nina's more. I think I think Nina relative to the division is just better um, okay. than Jessica. I um, I think Jessica. I um, while she, of course she has a shot. Um, I think Valentina has to make a serious mistake. I would agree. Like just 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 a mistake. She has to make a very. Like just, I'm just gonna throw this punch and just leave my hand here for a long time. So you don't expect a Kamaru Usman performance from Jessica I, where she just comes in and dominates the champion from the beginning to end. Jessica I is gonna be able to. I'm not saying like you don't. You don't. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. 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 And but Kamaru Usman was a, that was a, to me a, a 50-50 fight. I mean, like mm-hmm. Jessica I is like I think she is very um, fortunate and just it's just right time and place for her. She did one what three in a row. So like she's she's not like she her fighting for the title makes sense. It's not like no yeah it makes paper. sense. Yeah. Um, but it's just I just don't and I, I'm I'm excited about this. I'm excited oh, wow. for the fight though because I think it gives um, Chevchenko something something to play off. It, it, like I, mean, I, t- I talk you know oh I love martial arts I love martial arts I like when two guys are super like respectful for each other but sometimes I do I do like I do like the Jessica eyes just like just just insane confidence she has despite you know losing all many, how many times she's she lost and this is her first title defense again after winning the title from Ioana and JJ who was a flyweight so or strawweight champ mm-hmm. the former strawweight champion so I am excited to see her face another actual flyweight who's they both fought at 135 yeah. and now they're coming down so I but I personally think Jessica has a better chance Tatiana I think is the best fighter in the strawweight division I think I, I, I want to see her against a. I want to see Tatiana could smoke Nina easily, but I just think Nina's. Has, has Nina really gotten like in her past fights? Has she gotten just like completely just washed? No. That's what I mean. I, I think I think it's always going to be a tough fight for. Um, I both fights are tough. I just I've been more impressed with what Tatiana's been doing lately than Nina. Like her actual performances in the like she's been just dominating mm-hmm. her her opponents. Like she ran through Carlos Spars, a former the inaugural UFC strawweight champion and former Invicta champion, one tough. So I just think Tatiana uh, has. I've been more impressed with what she's been doing uh, of all the women that we've we've been talking about. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess we're just having to fight. Yeah, <laughs> I hate you. Why don't you, why don't you do agree you with the, everything I say? Do you think the winner of Tatiana and Nina deserves to fight for the title, Max? That seems to be what yes. The no, without a doubt, the winner of the winner of Suarez versus Ansaroff needs to fight the winner of Andrade versus Waterson. That's what I was gonna say. I'm like, because you're very much on board with Michelle Waterson to fight for the strawweight title. Absolutely, Max. absolutely. Does she and she's the most deserving? You think? Deserving means nothing. That's how I was hoping that was nothing. a softball. Yeah, yeah. Good. It's just, it's about, she had the top 10 win. I think she has two, three victories now, mm-hmm. at consecutive victories at Strawweight. Um, I don't think Michelle, I think Michelle is at her prime, maybe past her prime. But as far as like, she's not, she's not I don't think she's going to be getting any better. I think this is the time for Michelle she's to fight. Peaking. She's peaking right now. I think peaking in popularity right now. And, She's uh, by far the most popular of all four women. Yeah, I think um, I think even looked at their. I think I had this this argument with um, our former colleague Shaheen. Shaheen. Oh, that jabroni. Uh, 
and he was you no know, very Suarez, Suarez, Suarez. And I was like, he was like, oh, Michelle, she, she's like, no one likes Michelle more than Suarez. And I, I looked at their Instagram. Michelle's got like two million followers, and mm-hmm. Suarez has like I think sixty thousand. Would she be if she wins the title? Would she be the first mom to be a UFC champion? Yeah. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for a first mom yeah. to win. No, so no, that would be a mom the, hasn't won yet. The storylines are there, and she's more popular, so yeah, it's and, hard to argue. And I, I think, and once you get that top ten win, which she she got a dominant top ten win over Carolina. I think pretty much as long as you have a win and you beat a top 10 fighter, you're good for a title shot. And right now the timing is right there. Mm-hmm. And then just have Suarez and Aranser off just, you know, they fight and then just they wait. just wait. And it's right there. Strawweight division is very exciting. I must I say. love the strawweight division. It's been more, more like Joanna losing kind of opens a lot of doors. Then what if Andrade rematches Joanna though? Because Joanna does have that win over, like a dominant win over. The fight I want to see. I don't think it makes sense, but it, it, just for selfish reasons, if Suarez wins, I want to see Suarez, um, Joanna. Yeah. That's about it. I want to see Suarez versus fill in blank. I think <laughs> there's a lot of matchups that I would like to see how, how she does. But uh, anything else you want to say about these four women? What do you think about the odds? Like, I'm not the best person to ask about opening odds and stuff. I mean, they make sense because if, Valentina if, if, minus 1,600. Well, okay, I... Suarez is minus nine hundred. Right. Yeah, I'm a, if I had a hundred bucks, you know. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I, I wouldn't. I, I would never. I would never put money on those type of odds because that's just ridiculous. But I can see how they got there. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you, know, you know, if if, if it was a if it was a pick and fight, oh yeah, I go Suarez. Oh yeah, I go um, Shevchenko. Right. So this question it. is again from Rob Holland, who has asked a lot of questions. The people's main event this weekend, Ferguson versus Cowboy. Um, it is a big discredit that this is a three-round fight. Is this perhaps the biggest fight not to be awarded a full five rounds? And what other fights can you recall that stand out as missed opportunities to be five-rounders? Okay. A quick note about the whole three-round versus five-round thing. It's, the UFC could totally make this a five-round fight, mm-hmm. by the way. Because completely make this five round fight problem is well they don't want to because it affects the pay-per-view time but i don't know is that even a thing anymore it's on espn plus yeah i don't think that used to be a big thing like you can't go past a certain time limit but now it's not so i'm not sure why but essentially if you're a fighter you want to get paid more for a five round fight that is what 40 percent more training 40% 40% more chance of injuries, 40% more wear and tear in your body for that training camp, and 40% more damage in the actual fight of a possibility. So I completely get why those, why most fighters, unless you're going to get paid for it, don't want to fight five rounds. But as a selfish fan that doesn't care about fighters or their bank accounts, I wish this was seven rounds. Like, five rounds isn't enough. I just want to see these guys, like, yeah. Like, exactly. this is a fight, like, when, when we were talking before we were going to the Korean Zombie versus Yaya Rodriguez fights, so, like, take the octagon, title implications, everything out. Just, I just want to see these guys spar or fight or whatever. Yeah. This is just a high-level, violent martial art matchup. This is the kind of fights that I love. Like, I don't care about who gets the title fight after that. I just want to see these two fight. Yeah, um, yeah, I just... Um, the qu- what's, what's the question? Like, is, should this be a? Is this a missed opportunity? Yeah. Are there other fights you can think of that are missed opportunities for five rounds? Yeah, Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz, uh, coming up at UFC 241, right? 241 Anaheim. Uh, that could be a five round main event for sure. But 
what you gonna do? I mean, it's it's welterweight. They're both like Anthony Pettis looks great at welterweight, obviously after his knockout at Wonderboy, and Nate Diaz has a fought since he like since he lost. Like he's like he himself is like I won my last fight, but looking at the record, he obviously lost. So that's one that immediately sticks out in my head. Um, Connor versus Dustin Poirier could have headlined that card way back in the day. I know Connor was still like relatively new, but he was still a big deal. Over so that would been that would been over the title fight. Over, well, I don't know if over that's DJ the card. versus Chris Carriasa. I don't know if, if that was that exact, the card. Yeah, yeah. Because that if you look at that card, that also had Eddie Alvarez versus Cowboy. That had Cat Singano versus Amanda Nunes. That had Dominic Cruz versus Takei Mizugaki. Yola Romero versus Tim Kennedy. Like those are all fights that could have been awesome for five rounds. So any one of those would have been great. Yeah, I mean, I've you can. I, there's dozens of fights you can probably go. Oh, just too bad that I didn't go more rounds. Um, I mean, I was too bad that wasn't five rounds, but I can't really think of them I right think now. I think the first Leota Machida, Dan Henderson, that was the co-main event of Ronda, Liz Carmouche. I remember there was a lot of people upset that that was the co-main event. Like, obviously, the, the Ronda should have headlined the U, but it was her first UFC fight. She was really popular, but... It was it Ronda versus who? Liz Carmouche. That yeah. was the main event. No, I'm saying people were upset that Dan Henderson and Leota was the co-main event at the time. What? Because that then Dan Henderson was supposed to fight John Jones, and then that fell apart. So he was basically risking his number one contendership against Leota Machida, and then they fought, and then Leota Machida won a very narrow decision. But I remember leading there, up to that. There were other were, fights in that card? There were. Nah. People were very upset that uh, Leota Machida versus Dan Henderson was the co-main event. Alex Cayley would like to interrupt you, Casey, and let you know that a five-round fight is actually 67% more training than a three-round fight. He's very good at math. His brain's clicking on all cylinders with his Toronto Raptors fever. <laughs> but I, I remember the. But that, but that, but that, the point being, math, math, using the math, math. What is math really? Um, it takes a lot more training, and fighters want to get paid more for a five round fight. So, we go on. That was that was yeah. what you do. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Um, this is here. Here's a question from Twitter. Aaron asks, Aaron from Toronto asks, can Poirier beat Nermi? And if so, how? I want to believe. We were actually talking about this before we even got on air. I, we both were agreed that he has to do what no one else has been able to do, and that is stop the takedown. And that's not stop the first takedown, not stop the t- second takedown, but continuously keep Habib Nurmagomedov from doing what he's proven to be arguably the best at inside the octagon. So the question is, can he do it? Yes, he can do it. He has the <laughs> capabilities, but will he do it? Yeah, I, I can do I can do it. <laughs> Am so I going to do it, though? Habib versus Casey next. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you shaking? Sure shaking yes? No. You're just like ankle pain. Yeah. Just Well, I mean, but then Habib could like... I feel like you're representing all the people on here. I I said yeah, I can stand them up, right? Probably can, man. Um, it, you know what though? But Dustin is so dang good right now that I, yeah, I fully expect Habib to win. But I want to see it happen. I want I want to see that's 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 the fun part. Is like can Habib still do it over and over and over again? Because that's what's that's what's so. Awesome, because you you know his game plan. You know his game plan. Mm-hmm. You know, probably simple one twos, a few overhands. You know the threat. You know you have a, a little threat to stand up. Now that's what that's what got Connor. Mm-hmm. You know, 
but you know his game plan and like that's that's what's so incredible you know his game plan and you know what he's going to do and you still and that's all your training camp for that's all you're training for and you still can't stop it so eventually someone will stop it but it's dustin the guy and oh my man can you imagine the upset to do this to to get that upset in abu dhabi or like if there's gonna be a home, if, if there's ever like a hometown crowd, that's it's gonna be for Habib in, in Abu Dhabi. That's that's, that's hostile territory. Right? I mean, the fact that the, the fact that they're having the pay per view at Abu Dhabi time, not yeah. like, not not doing this whole like, hey, Sheiks, show up at three a.m. to watch fights. You know, <laughs> no, like like it's this is for them. This fight, this is one of those rare pay per views. Is actually for. That 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 live audience right there. It's not for the TV audience. It's for that live audience. Like when, like when UFC went to Sweden for uh, you know lots of cards. When I, I remember seeing the, Gustus, the Gustus Rumble. Him, yeah Rumble versus Gustafsson. Super early over there. They walked out probably three a.m. and they had they had stopped serving liquor. I think three or four hours before that. So by that point, the crowd was just they were just tired. They had just watched fifteen minutes of Ryan Bader versus Phil Davis. <laughs> Two great fighters, yep. horrible matchups. Yep. <laughs> and for some reason that was a rematch. Well, I don't know why they do no, that. they right. rematched in Bellator. No, no, that was no. Oh, that was a re- oh, that was the first fight. Oh, that was the first fight. Oh, I can't. Because then they fought for the title. And, 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 it, and it sucked. It, it was and like oh, yeah, and it's still both of them excited. Yeah, they're just, both of them are like this yeah. is just we don't match up well. But point being, uh, those fights, even though that fight is for the Swedish crowd, they still made him show up at three a.m. to watch their boy fight. For a B, for a B. Oh, yeah, knocked out. He actually woke, uh, walked out around a little after 4 a.m. 4, 4 a.m. Because I remember the press conference started at 5 a.m. Good God. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to, like, like, memories. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but Habib, is, the fact they're doing a pay-per-view at the local time for Habib. Habib. They're doing it for Habib, and, yeah. So, it will be, one. it's um, betting wise, it won't be the biggest upset by by far. I mean, mm-hmm. but I think for the crowd and for what's what's on the table for that for the, th- the Abu Dhabi market. Do you think that Dustin Poirier will be Habib's like toughest challenge that he's fought inside the octagon? Who would you say is toughest challenge? Prior, prior, prior to this, yeah. probably Conor Edson Barbosa or RDA. Well, Edson and RDA, I believe, were three round fights, and Connor was like he finished him in the fourth round. Yeah, but Dustin's um, been on like look at like I think he, I, th- I think Dustin, I think Dustin yeah. without a doubt is a tougher fighter than Connor. Oh yeah, without a doubt is a tougher fight. So uh, yeah, I, 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 I would have no issue saying this is gonna be the toughest fight for Habib. I still expect Habib to win. Um, I expect it to probably be the not probably just a grinding decision, which is gonna be exciting in the moment. But if you kind of rewatch it later without any without the stakes involved, it's just going to be like, oh, that guy's holding another guy down for 25 minutes. Do you minutes. think Dustin is the best striker that Habib's ever fought? Because he has fought Connor and like Edson Barbosa, like we were saying before we got on there, like a good striker in the sense of like yes. kickboxing. Yeah, yeah. Right? I would say so. I, I, I would say we, we were talking earlier, like I think Connor in the first four minutes, three minutes of a fight, he's the best striker. Uh, at lightweight, at lightweight. Yeah. in the first three or four minutes by far but over time like in the fifth round i'm sorry in the third round the fourth round when you know your gas tank is now at 30 percent 40 percent 
I definitely believe um, Dustin is the most dangerous striker past the first round. He doesn't. I mean, does that, that make sense? Yeah, hundred okay. percent. I mean, his fight, and, that, and, that, and, that, and that's very, and that's very important. That's very important for Habib because Habib's not a guy that's probably gonna finish in the first round unless he lands an overhand. And but what, um, what I'm very excited to see too is like Dustin Poirier. Like Connor has that window where he said like he kind of like when he fought. Floyd Mayweather and got finished in his press conference he's like I have this window where I just like get really tired and that's been that was his downfall against like Nate and then he kind of overcame that in the rematch and then he had he didn't overcome it against Floyd Dustin when he fought Max like this most when he when he won the interim title he tried to finish him really fast in the first round and after that first round I was like man I don't, Dustin's probably just used all of his energy and then they fought five rounds and he didn't slow down at all yep. so Dustin Poirier's cardio is going to... I'm very curious to see how this like person with extreme cardio fares against Habib's like, grinding, top-heavy yeah. style. That doesn't. That has not proven that he just like gets all his energy drained after yeah. the two rounds. And, it, and it's a different type of cardio. It's not like a Max Holloway cardio where it's a volume cardio. Right. He's got... Dustin's got a cardio where like when that fourth round comes... Like those punches still hurt. They're coming so heavy. Those those right hands. Like are, his fight against Anthony Pettis was like very back and forth, both very bloody and all, Ga- it was Ga- all like grappling on the, the ground. The, the Gaethje fight that wasn't yeah. that the I think it was the third round. I uh, third or fourth. See. I believe you, it was in the it was in the later rounds. Yeah, yeah. But, but but um, Poirier got hit hard early in that fight. I remember where, what point you thought Gaethje was going to win that fight, and he There's recovered. A lot of eye pokes in that fight. Yeah. <laughs> fourth round. So fourth, fourth round. So so, so all that power. He's still a devastating power in the fourth round. That, that's something like Connor never had. And and, um, and and I think even Edson, um, especially if you grind him down, um, he won't have that power walking out in that third round if, he, if he's taking two hard rounds before that. Now, dating back to 2017, which was his first fight after the Michael Johnson loss, he beats Jim Miller, fights Eddie Alvarez to a no contest, finishes Anthony Pettis, finishes Justin Gaethje, finishes Eddie Alvarez in the rematch, and then takes the featherweight champion max holloway to decision say he beats habib is that the greatest run of fighters of victories in ufc history and at lightweight man that's a hell of a run and just in general just i gotta think more john about that. jones's 2011 was super impressive that's the first one that jumps out at yeah. me and then not ufc related but like i believe it was at that 04 grand prix that shogun won that was also ultra impressive dustin's Dustin's run would be extremely unique for a guy because Shogun before that and John Jones, those guys weren't coming off devastating losses That's right, yeah. or anything like Dustin. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Dustin was like left for dead as far as like a title challenger, mm-hmm. but I mean he was got he's the guy that got flatlined a couple of times. You no, know, he got flatlined by Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson in yeah. the Hidalgo, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I think in terms of lightweight, I think it's 100%. But in terms of just UFC history, it is way up there. But that John Jones where he beats Bader and then Shogun, like Rampage, uh, Yoto, like that was super impressive to me. It's it's fun to think about, but he still has to do the hardest part. Yeah. He has to beat Habib. Yeah, because I was saying that about Anthony – I was saying that – I was pretty much saying the same thing about Anthony Smith a few months ago. If he beats John Jones, it would be one of the most incredible – career renaissances i've ever seen a guy that was under 500 for a time but he still has to beat john jones and like right now he still has to beat habib and that's gonna that's that's the thing so it's a it's it's almost even too it's almost too hypothetical to even talk about at this point do you think beating habib's harder than beating john jones yes 
It's a good answer. Yes. It's the correct answer. Yes. <laughs> uh, you Next know, because we're, we're rambling, it's our, we only want to talk for an hour because we have other things to do. So we're going to, we need a, actually, you need to give us good, like, hey, like, we have gonna, another question from Twitter from Eduardo. Oh, Eduardo. Is he handsome? I bet he has a mustache. He does. Who is the biggest, most highly ranked MMA fighter you think Cejudo would still crush? So try to go up in weight classes and think, who could Cejudo still be in a higher weight class? Wow, so like, we do all of the heavyweight? So, okay, oh, this is if they're all the same size? No, no, no. No. Basically, are, are we saying, are we thinking Cejudo beats me? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> well, because... Um, people have always watched MMA or loved jiu-jitsu because the idea that the smaller person can win, right? So, can Cejudo beat someone bigger than him? Cejudo could be Marlon. Could Cejudo yeah. beat Gokensaki? Could he take Gokensaki down? Wow. That was, wow. Like, style-wise. Style, of, course, of course, if it's, you know, you know stand-up, of course, yeah, you're modest. Gokensaki, the one that tried to fight Mark Hunt at heavyweight? Yeah. Wow. That's a... I never knew I wanted to see that fight <laughs> until now. I, I mean, um, who, I, but, but FES guy. I mean, I I, I think I think like, um, so. Like, do you think, I think Cejudo could be. I think Cejudo could beat some. You think he beat Jeremy Stevens? No. Yeah. Yeah. I just that's don't. featherweight. Like, yeah. I just went up two weight classes. Like Yair is super tall for featherweight. Like maybe I, Darren Elkins. I I don't I don't think I don't I think Cejudo can beat anyone in the top forty at featherweight. Wow. I mean that's that's just. I mean, I don't think DJ could do it either. You know, I think I still think DJ is the best flyweight in the world. Um, that's another. Story. That's a whole <laughs> story, but um, yeah, I just um, I think Cejudo. We're gonna find out where he is at bantamweight. Like right now, I think Cejudo is like a top ten yeah, bantamweight. Your, your answer could change after his yeah. fight against Marlon. Yeah, it, like it, if he just like say it's five round decision and Cejudo just dominates like fifty forty fives, a couple fifty forty fours in there. Like yeah, if, if, if he can, if he can beat Marlon, like no one's ever beaten Marlon, and it's well, besides early early in his yeah, career yeah, when yeah. he was training in Brazil. Um, WSOF post WSOF Marlon Marias pre WSOF you mean? Post. Okay. No, no. Pre W. He was a, he was okay, maybe, okay, he was okay. a kind of a mediocre yeah, fighter yeah, before. Yeah. Remember he had, he 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 lost like his first mm-hmm. whatever whatever. Um, but if 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 Cejudo can really like win win the Saturday, that changes. But right now I just I've seen Cejudo lose a couple of times already. You know, I, I he didn't you know he's he's not well, his fight against Benavides was, like, was that was. Tight decision. It was a, a super tight decision. I, th- I thought Benavidez was one, but obviously, I mean, it was a super close fight, and that's why I want to see the rematch. But am I thinking Benavidez is a top forty-five? I mean, could he could he compete at forty-five? No, he's he, he he's at twenty-five for a reason because he's too small, small to be at the top to be an elite thirty-fiver. He's a, he'll be a contender at bantamweight, Benavidez, which I think Cejudo is too. I think Cejudo is a contender at bantamweight, like like Demetrius. Demetrius was a contender at bantamweight, but they weren't the best at bantamweight. I think Cejudo's the same thing. I think I think it's what we're going to find out Saturday, too. I like your answer. It's a smart answer. All right. Anything? Okay. Uh, a question from Milo on the website here. Should some fighters do less media? Are some guys just better off doing less media because they don't come across well? Was this an attack on Cejudo and his cringe whatever thing? Yeah. I would imagine. Because I love, I, I, I love, I love it. I love Yeah, Cejudo. there's a, uh, in the, the middle, the... I, I, I cut out the middle sentence. Sorry, Milo. 
which is, at the start of the week, I didn't really mind Zahudo, but his promotion this week on Embedded and other places has really started to annoy me. Okay. We're talking about him, so it's working. Now, Milo, are you watching these Zahudo interviews and these Zahudo Embeddeds and going, you know what? I'm not going to watch this fight now. I'm not going to pay 60 bucks to watch this guy get his ass kicked. If that's the answer, you're not going to watch it, then yes, um, he is talking too much. But you're going to watch. You're going you're gonna to hope he gets his ass kicked. So whatever Cejudo is doing, it is working because um, Cejudo is a prize fighter and he knows it now. Listen to our, listen to his scrum. We just had in um, L.A. L.A. We, and he talked about it. He, he kind of, you know. He had security there. He had security, security there. there. He had security there. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he kind of broke kayfabe a bit when he was talking about like, oh, I'm just saying this because I want people to buy the pay-per-view. He kind of, you know. You can't do that. I know you can't do that. I was like, just Tail what was like, But he basically said that. He's like, I want, be, I want people to watch pay-per-view. I want people to watch me get my ass kicked or watch me, you know, you know F up this guy. So um, um, the answer is no, Milo. <laughs> um, I... If we're talking specifically about Henry Cejudo, no, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Because, like, we're talking about it for a reason. And, like, Henry's, like, the big issue with Demetrius Johnson was that he wasn't, like, great with the media. And, like, they, like, there was always, like, oh, he's the most dominant champion, but no one cares when he fights. I mean, when he set the record for most title defenses, he did it in the co-main event below an interim fight, an interim lightweight fight. So uh, I think Henry Cejudo saw that. And he's like, well, I got to do something differently. So he's doing his part. So if we're talking specifically about Henry Cejudo, like, no, he should just keep doing what he's doing. All right. Uh, we have a question from Tragic Bronson on Twitter. Jimmy Rivera versus Peter Yan. I feel uh, there's more to lose for Jimmy than Peter. Does Peter Yan win, uh, put him in line for the next title shot since we're on bantamweight right here? Uh, and where does a loss leave Jimmy Rivera, who suffered a 30-second KO to the man fighting for the vacant belt this weekend? I think Jimmy obviously has more to lose because he's coming off. He's one and two in his last few fights. He got head kicked by Marlon in Utica. Uh, and then he lost to Aljamain Sterling, who, that, to answer the other part of the question, like, will Peter Jan deserve the next one? Like, I think the winner of Aljamain Sterling versus Pedro Munoz uh, should fight for the title. Uh, and Aljamain was trying really hard to get that title shot over Cejudo to begin with, and then Munoz coming off that KO of former champion. So I don't think Peter Young will get the next title shot, but he'll maybe be another win away. I mean, he's looked unbelievable in the octagon, but uh, Jimmy Rivera for sure has more to lose yeah. against a hot prospect like Peter Young. Yeah, unfortunately, Jimmy Jimmy Rivera seems to be in that uh, that the high level gatekeeper. Not the that that the, if you can beat Jimmy Rivera, that means you're you're pretty much good enough to fight for a title shot pretty soon. This isn't going to be – Peter Yan, no matter what he does to Jimmy Rivera this Saturday, he won't get a title shot because I, I just don't think he deserves it over Jimmy Rivera. But, um, yeah, th this is um, this is a very – I'm very surprised well, Jimmy Rivera took this fight, but more prop, no, props to him. But, um, yeah, he Jimmy, absolutely has the most to lose. Jimmy Rivera does have a win over Pedro Munoz too. So if Pedro Munoz beats Alzheimer Sterling, and he's obviously should get the next title fight, but, like, obviously – Jimmy Rivera should want Pedro Munoz to be Alderman Sterling because Alderman Sterling has a win over him. He has a win over Pedro Munoz. So uh, there's a lot. Jimmy Rivera has a lot of things that need to go his way if he wants to jump back in that title picture. So it's because that fight against Alderman was a was dated back a long time. Like they both said they've been thinking about each other since they were on the regional circuit in New York. So him to to lose that that rivalry and 
Uh, it wasn't a knockout. It was a decision. Yeah. Uh, he lost pretty. He lost it pretty handily. Yeah, a hundred percent. It wasn't a close decision whatsoever. And Alderman just happens to be clicking at all cylinders lately. So Jimmy Vera has more to lose, and I don't. He's not going to be in the title picture unless a lot of things go his way. Next question is from Denny Soros on Twitter. What? Denny Soros. Denny D E N N I, and then like Soros, like a dinosaur. Oh, Denny Soros. Denny Soros. Um, is light heavyweight finally getting spicy again? It's definitely like we were t- we were talking about the little affair too. It's definitely super an interesting division where you're seeing this massive departure from like the old guard and you're seeing a giant influx of middleweights coming up. Like I am super curious how Luke Rockhold looks against Jan Blachowicz uh, at UFC 239 because if he just runs through it, like obviously the Anthony Smith fight is there. Corey Anderson's like been chomping at the bitch to get back in the octagon. Uh, so, and Ovin St. Bruce coming off that loss too. So we're seeing a lot of these fighters leave and this huge influx of exciting fighters come in. So I would, it's definitely gone spicy just because there's a lot of new names. In my plus, we have an active champion in John Jones who wants to fight the challengers. Absolutely, yeah. Light heavyweight rules right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, we can we can do. That's another question debating how we want to match them up. But like right now, you have what Reyes, Ratchik, Reyes, Ratchik, and Walker. Ratchik, 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 you have Reyes, Ratchik, Johnny Walker, and Walker. Right now, to me, those are the three premier prospects. But um, there's other guys there too. Yeah, and you also have Rockhold Smith right there. We don't know if Santos is gonna do. You know, he might. Yeah. I don't expect him to win, but who knows? It could be competitive. You know. Um, we, we, what's Chris White? Is Chris White have? Is he going back to 85? What happened? Yeah, he he, he said not, he would fight Jack Hermanson in a middleweight, but Jack Hermanson kind of moved on from that, so we he has we don't know yet. Yeah, I really but wish if he I, jumps up to light heavyweight. That's another. Yeah, I really I, I really wish he would go up, but um. Because I don't see, I think, you know, we just see him lose so many times now mm-hmm. at middleweight. I don't think the UFC is just too hot on that. But um, to answer your question, Dino, Dino, Dinosaurus, yes, the light heavyweight division is spicy. And uh, we still, Vulcan Ozdemir and oh, yeah, Lola Latifi, yeah, they didn't right get there. to fight. Like if Vulcan, and a lot of people think Vulcan beat Dominic Reyes in that last fight. Oh, yeah, you're right. So if Vulcan, if one judge reads that decision his way, he's on, like, Dominic Reyes is no longer. And we have the resurgence of Ed Herman. Ooh. Ed Herman with the big sure. figure. Of sure. <laughs> and the Shogun is still flowing. Show, show, and Shogun's still there. Yeah, Shogun's still there. You're right. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is kind of an odd question, but I'm not sure. Uh, Dan Shapiro asks... Since we can already purchase most media a la carte, why not fights? What are your thoughts on promoters offering individual fights for purchase? And could this also help deliver metrics to determine a specific fighter's value? How much would you pay just for Ferguson versus Cerrone? In a three-round fight or a five-round fight? I think that's the big thing. That is not specified. So if it's, I pay for five-round fight, I don't know if I pay for three-round fight between them. Would you, you pay full 60 bucks or you pay, you pay no, 25 bucks? Would you pay, how about this? And would you pay 25 bucks for one fight? Tony Ferguson versus Donald Cerrone five-round fight would be enough to get me to buy ESPN Plus if I was, a, if I was on the fence. If someone's like, oh, if you buy this, you get to watch just, just this fight. And then, All right, let's do it. But I don't know if I'd pay $25 for one fight. But I think I think we would. It, the problem is that if you, you package it like that, if it feels like you're only buying one fight. But I feel like most boxing pay per views. That's what I was going to say. Like you, you wind boxing. up you wind up paying sixty bucks 
for essentially one fight. I mean, you you have a you pay your sixty bucks, actually, it's seventy or eighty bucks for boxing. <laughs> you pay your eighty bucks to watch a fight. Yeah, there's prelims on it, but you have you have a party. No one's really watching the prelims. Like, you know, they're kind of watching, but no one's like sitting down really having big debates on the prelims or even the co-main event. Maybe the co-main event at best. Yeah, the co-main event is always usually when I tune in. Yeah, maybe, but but I think we've done it a lot already in boxing. It's just um. Yeah, we would, they would do it. I, I don't know. I don't think the UFC would ever do that, but um, why not? Like who was? Yeah, Danny Garcia fought in the co-main event of Mayweather Canelo. Like yeah. I tuned. That's when I tuned it in because I wanted to see uh, yeah. Garcia and the TC really bad. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, I agree. It'd be it'd be interesting. Um, I don't see any reason why the UFC would do that, but um, yeah, I'll pay twenty five bucks to watch Cerrone, Cerrone versus Ferguson three rounds. Now, would you pay twenty? I don't want to crap. I don't want to crap on another fight. But is it so. like twenty five <laughs> bucks, and that's a wrap? Like you don't get? Yeah, one fight. <sighs> Guys, walk out. Hand raise. All right. Yeah. I show by the victory. Twenty five bucks might be the most I pay. All right, twenty five bucks for a non title fight. Probably. No, no, see, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. So you're saying you, you, you would. No, all right, for Ferguson, Ferguson for Dallas Roney is just such a good fight. Yeah, that might be one of the only fights I pay for a non title fight. Definitely, it's just like I said before. Like it's just a high level martial arts. I want to see that. Would you pay twenty five bucks to watch Gaethje versus pretty much any top lightweight? Mm, probably. Yeah. So, probably. I, so I think I think the answer is yes. I would pay. I don't think I don't think you pay the full sixty, but you know you'll pay you know good, good a good a good chunk of change. Yeah. Esther. Um, Rob Holland again, but I just there's a couple of true or falses. Okay, Gus makes a comeback, like Jones suspects. Gus makes a comeback? False. Faber wins and has another fight. Wait, wait, that's two things. False to losing, yes, true to have another fight. Or false to winning, but he also has another fight. So he's going to lose, but he's still going to fight again. Yeah, he wants to fight TJ. Oh. I think he's going to want to, and I bet TJ would want to fight him. That'd be great. Actually, you know, I'm already kind of hyped for that fight. TJ versus Fife Faber in two years. I'm, I'm down for that fight. They're gonna have. To. Or, or actually, the fight I want to see. If we're gonna do the stupid fights, um, I want to see Faber go up to 150. And 150. The, and if the UFC is not going to release BJ Penn, oh no, Faber versus BJ Penn at 150. If we're just talking fights at just Legends League, why not? <sighs> What? what? If the UFC is not going to release Big Japan, he's going to fight. Now, till right, right, right. This is a big, if they're not going to release him. At least give him big names to fight. Yeah, yeah big names that are, uh, Big Japan versus Faber at 150. Why not just make a CM Punk 170? I've said that many times. At 170. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in Chicago and it feels like I'm kind of shitting on Punk by saying that. <laughs> but I like Punk. Yeah, so do I. He's living his dream. Jimmy Manoa gets an offer from Bellator and becomes a big player in their light heavyweight division. I... No, no, no. Well, you know what? You might, you might get an offer because they, they, Bellator does so many cards in the UK. It's true. So, big, but I don't, think be, I don't think he'd be a big player, but I think he might get an offer. But I don't know how the contract stuff works. You can't just retire unless his contract's over. You can't yeah, just retire. I was going to say, like, he, if he comes back, he might be contractually obligated yeah. to keep fighting. Assuming, uh, uh, under the assumption he's, he's a free agent right now, he, he retired being a free agent, yes, they will get an offer for a UK card. He won't be a big player. But we close to him fight in the UK. Okay. Uh, true or false? Jessica I goes the distance with the champ. Okay. Uh, true or false? The winner of Ferguson Cowboy gets set aside for the return of Connor. Hmm. 
if Tony wins, he has to fight the winner of Habib Poirier. I mean, Habib was on, I don't remember what, someone interviewed over in his... So, so if Cerrone wins, let's go. If, 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 Cerrone, if Cerrone wins, wins let's I go. bet Cerrone fights Conor. Okay, I'll go. I'll go true for that. You don't, you don't, you don't think the UFC is just going to do whatever Conor wants? I, I mean, they <laughs> I don't really want to think about it. Yeah, just... <laughs> What, but Connor, there's new pay per view models. Like, a big question for Connor's future. He's not getting these pay per view points anymore. They don't want to pay Brock Lesnar like a flat rate. They're not going to pay. Wow. And Connor wants like part of the company. Like, there's a lot of questions out there that need to be answered before Connor even fights again. Doesn't Connor already own the C in UFC? I thought that's that was what he said. Yeah. All right. Um, Any updates on Usman versus Colby? Uh, not to my knowledge. Because Col- uh, Usman just had like knee surgery, didn't he? Yeah, had surgery uh, somewhere, yeah. he said his last few fights, he basically had his – he was fighting with like a shattered, like a wreck, wrecked knee. And you saw him at the post-fight press conference. He came in on a wheelchair, and that wasn't because of the what happened in the fight. That's just like his knee was has been falling apart for a long time. So he finally got it cleaned up. How do you how – the, how the heck do you fight at the highest levels against someone like Woodley with one, with one good leg? Well, Woodley that said that he basically fought one hand because now he has arthritis in his. Mm. In oh his, yeah, so he can't like he can't throw a punch. So like, one knee versus one, one hand gone. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. It's a fair fight then. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fair fight. Science. <laughs> All right. Uh, question from Peter. A a uh, a Peter Carroll from Ireland. <laughs> Will the next bantamweight contender be decided at 238? Contender? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I would say so. You think it's going to be between? Bantamweight and Sterling Munoz, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that's going to be decided this weekend? I I would hope so. What the UFC does is another story, but it, I would imagine so. Dominic's out for a while, right? Yeah, he had like shoulder. Yeah, so Dominic's gone for a while. Cody's obviously out of the picture for a little bit. Am I missing somebody at the top? Aljamain and Munoz are the only two that would make sense. Yeah, I, 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 I thought maybe I'm forgetting a name. Unless Peter Yan just like skips the line. I don't, I don't see. Unless it's like a Russia card. Yeah, I, but I don't. Yeah, yeah so I'll yeah, say true. Yeah, true. Um, no Kick, No Clan wants to know, what is the best Misfits album? Uh, Static Age. I will believe you. <laughs> I like, okay. I like Earth AD a lot because like they, they it has more of a hardcore sound, which is just more my preference. But I think overall, it's just music. We'll go with Static Age. Okay. Uh, I actually want to bring up this question from Eduardo because I am curious. Eduardo. Yes. Yes. The question does sound handsome. If you had a $1 million budget to tell any MMA story, which one would you tell? This is for both of you, actually, because I am curious what, Jose, if you could, like, go anywhere and interview anyone and write a story about them, who would it be? Fighter or MMA? MMA. You go first. I got to think about it. You have a good answer. I want to <laughs> do a story. I want to do a real 30 for 30 on Shannon Rich. But not now, because I think I went to his fight finder. Right now he has 87 losses. I want to be there. Fifty-seven for, wins. Fifty-seven. Like you know, I'm being so negative. I'm so I'm such a glass half empty guy. Okay. <laughs> but he's fifty-seven and like eighty-seven. Right? But I want to be there. I want to be there and document the road to his one hundredth loss. Because <laughs> I think it's and it might be off or nothing because he might win that fight. He might be you know he might be fifty-six and ninety-nine after that. But 
I just think someone doing this for this long and getting your weight cutting, going to the weigh-ins, talking to the media, walking out there in the Gladiator Challenge, King of the Cage, wherever, and then getting your ass kicked 99 times and doing it one more time. I just think that's an amazing story. And um, yeah, I'm all about, I'm really like, just as a media person, like they always bring us the winners after the fight and like winners are cool, but like, like I'm always actually, I'm always way more interested in the losers, to be honest. And there are no real losers in the sport, just the guy that didn't win. I mean, it sounds like I'm not, not trying to be like an asshole, but I think there's more, I think I always think there's more of a story in the, 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 the other side of things. Um, by the way, if you have Netflix, watch that series Losers. There's a whole yeah. docu-series called Losers, and it's very good. I think Dana Cormier would be an interesting one because he came up with the wrestling things in his whole, like, there's a lot of unhappy things that have happened in his life that a lot of fans don't know about. Or I've always heard from Brazilian media that Tiago Santos has a crazy childhood. Really? Like, he grew up in, like, a rough part of Brazil, and, like, a rough part of Brazil is... <laughs> like like someone once described he's like you ever seen that movie like city of god or city of gold or whatever i was like yeah he goes yeah that's where tiago santos grew up i was like whoa like i want to know more about that so one of those two guys for sure because they just seem like they have super interesting stories that i don't think enough people talk about marlon has a story like yeah. marlon comes, marlon from, too. comes from that kind of background too like like so yeah. one of those two guys for me we have a question from the chat um which normally we don't pull from because it's full of ridiculousness um Armando asks, hey, guys, just curious what you guys think about Ali saying there is a GSP clause written in Habib's contract. What does that mean? I have no Isn't GSP out of the USADA testing pool? I have no like, idea. Didn't he retire? And he's like, I don't. I don't I, it's like what? So if he wins, he gets to fight George. What, at 150? Like George would cut to 155? Does that, does that mean GSP has a, has a clause that only GSP has? I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yes. That's what that means. Oh, so I'm not, sure what, I'm not sure what it's referring to. Yeah, I don't know. That's what a mystery, yeah. yeah. I have, I have no, no idea. idea. I know Habib really wants that fight. And Nate was on uh, Ariel's show saying that the UFC wanted to do like a, a four-man tournament with like him, Habib, Connor, and someone else. Maybe Tony, I can't remember. But uh, So a four-man no, tournament? George. It was like George, Connor, Nate, and Habib or something like that. They wanted to do like this four-person tournament and the winner the winners would fight so like theoretically we could have had like nate diaz versus george st pierre in this the finals of this tournament or connor versus joe i don't know what the first round matches would be but i assumed connor would rematch nate in the first round and then maybe george would fight habib in the first round and then the winner of those two would move on yeah i'm just i just i don't have real, i don't have very much well, george really wants that fight yeah because it's big paychecks mm-hmm. and i get that but someone like I don't get I don't get more money for covering those fights than I do for this fight. So like I don't really. Yeah, I just want to see Tony versus be more than anything, honestly. I want, Still, I, I want to see more gay. I'm, I'm a big gay guy. Same. I think Tony will never happen. I'm not gonna say yes because if I say yes, it won't happen. Will it happen as a non-title fight sometime? Don't. <laughs> I'm gonna say it'll never happen to put it out in the world because every time I get excited about it, it doesn't happen. And I was on when. Uh, when I did the show with uh, the old host, Sean, uh, he Sean. was like, oh, what do you think of these matches? Like, I don't think any fight is happening until they're in the octagon. That's how jaded I am. So I don't think it'll ever happen just because I've, I've been I've played with fire too much and it's burned me too many times. Um, I think I think there's a good chance it happens. It's, in, it's the next fight for both of those guys. Ah, one can hope one can dream. All right. Uh, well, it's one o'clock. 
So I, I will, there's one more question. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, no, no. Just a, just a comment from Twitter uh, from Dennis Orris again. Just wanted to know, Casey, because Casey is full of these. Uh, the time has come. What is your hottest MMA take? And um, please don't get me fired. Yeah. He's such bad. Hottest MMA take. I, um. <sighs> Man, I don't know. I, I, I can't. I've so I know. Many, I so many. You're on the spot. It's like, so you open the fridge. What do I want to eat? Yeah, I want, I want everything. Um, All right. Otherwise, I'm going to interrupt you and ask another question. Yeah, yeah give me a little bit more. God dang, I, I got I got stuff too. <laughs> Hit me. I can't think of it right now. I went blank because we're kind of going over everything. Do you think Chris Cyborg's going to come back to the UFC? Yes. Who oh, resigns. Resign. Wait, is the center fight official? No, it's official. Oh, it is official. Yeah. So it is happening. Yeah, but I, but she was on her podcast saying that's the last fight. Oh. Like, oh, will she resign after? I don't think so. I think, and I think, I think she's gonna go to one or Bellator. I was gonna actually that was my that was my hot take kind of a little bit. I was gonna talk about the forty the women's forty five division and how I think. Um, uh, well, if Holly, if Holly beats Nunes, I God, I hope that the rematch is gonna be at forty five. So between Amanda and Cyborg. No, no, between Amanda and Holly at 45. Because Holly. Cause oh, so then. So she so, would, so Holly basically... could take both her belts. Oh my gosh. So I just think too but, but if Nunez wins, I want Nunez. I think the Cyborg Spencer fight is just dumb. Spencer just beat Megan, mm-hmm. dominated her. Like if that was Cyborg that beat Megan that way, or that was any other, any other uh, fighter, or that was Holly that beat Megan that way. Or um, Nunez beat me that way, you'd be like, "Oh, title shot," or whatever. Um, but since it was Spencer, we kind of like because she doesn't she doesn't look the part. Honestly, she's kind of big smile, kind of doesn't not this ripped person. Doesn't like, look getting off the bus, yeah. As you would say. Um, but I really wish they did um, Nunez versus uh, Spencer. But so, then, what if in this scenario, Holly beats Amanda for the bantamweight title, and then they rematch at featherweight, and then Amanda wins the featherweight title? Now they're with one the, on one in two different weight classes, and they both still have belts. It's just a crazy scene. It's just what, anarchy. Well, when you do when you do double champ stuff, that's just, this is the situation you're always going to have. It's you know? true. Because eventually, yeah, they're double champs, but how are they not going to be double champs? And that that's what creates all the, especially when you have someone like Holly. The most ridiculous fight ever that was booked was Holly versus Megan Anderson. <laughs> what, why was that fight ever booked? What did it mean? Nothing. Nothing. So nothing um, at all. So cyborg, no, not resigning. Yeah. She's gonna take oh, she'll take, she'll fight, she'll fight. She'll fight Spencer and then that'll be it. And if I, 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 so. I fight, that means, I have no idea why they're fighting because if, if Cyborg beats Spencer, which I think she will, um, actually, I, I, I think Spencer has a better chance of being Nunez than uh, Cyborg. But um, if Cyborg beats Spencer, then what? You knock Spencer out of title contention and then mm-hmm. Cyborg leaves and then bleh. So Unless they're like, oh, it. if you win, you just get the rematch, guaranteed. At 145, but who knows? But I don't think I think she might go to Bellator. Like Scott Coker uh, is there. They obviously have past relationships. Yeah, just more options because she might rise in. Yeah, do kickboxing. Yeah. So I think this will be Cyborg's last fight. All right. Well, um, I think we should wrap it up. Wrapped. So, anything else you want to say? No hot I, takes or nothing like that. Was it, was I not hot enough today? No. Uh, no. I, was, I think I was, people I was, were expecting. No. Casey's A-side debut 
equivalence of Derek Lewis versus Francis and Ghana. Just fireworks promised and nothing what? happened. Was that Derek Lewis or? Oh, That's up to you. Well, I, so I had I had a bad back. That, that, that was my issue. You had a bad back and you were gun shy. I was gun shy. So a lot of hype on this. But I'm Jose. That's Casey. This has been the A side. We're gonna the audio will be up on all the usual places. Uh, we're gonna be back to our usual format next week, where I don't know who's gonna be joining me. I know the comment section really wants Pizzi Carroll back, so maybe we bring Pizzi back. Uh, I'll have to see what he's. Uh, he was supposed to come back last week, but he was in Stockholm doing his job. <laughs> So, but uh, I'm Jose. That's Casey. We're in Chicago for USC 238. You can check out the YouTube page, the site. Uh, Damon Martin's had a bunch of interviews up since he's joined. Uh, AK and Jed and Danny and everyone and Guillerme and PT are doing their thing on the site. And obviously the YouTube channel, we're going to have tons of workouts and media days and everything. So uh, see you over there. And for this episode of the A side, we're out. A side? Are we live? Are we live? You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.